the Cardinals have replenished the rotation this winter, but what about the bullpen? Where the pitching plan stands heading into 2024? Coming up on B-Shave Daily. What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to this edition of B-Shave Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you Wednesday, December 27th, 2023, back after the Christmas holiday. This week between Christmas and New Year's, it always feels the same, where it's like, ah, can we really get anything done this week? It's just like a prolonged holiday. Nobody wants to to work. I certainly don't, but we're going to do a little work anyway, recording here on Wednesday morning, talking a little St. Louis Cardinals. There hasn't been a lot to get to recently. We always say, hey, a lot to get to. Sometimes not so much. This is one of those uh, dead periods where not so much. Maybe the action will pick up here in this week between Christmas and New Year's, or maybe we'll have to wait until 2024 to see what the rest of the moves will be for the St. Louis Cardinals. But for right now, as we look at this roster, it still feels a little bit incomplete, doesn't it? Like you did make moves to address the starting rotation. Cardinals bringing in Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson. That's 60% of a new rotation. That's what they needed. Whether you're over the moon about those specific moves or not, it does match the billing for what the Cardinals needed. I really do think Sonny Gray is a quality addition to head up the rotation. Are you lacking a little bit of that star power behind him? Probably so. And again, the Cardinals have not officially closed the door on adding another starting pitcher, but it just seems unlikely for the route that they'll go. I think here on the show, we talk about it a lot. We think they should be open to exploring those avenues and strongly consider a, a potential trade for another ace caliber arm to go along with Sonny Gray in that rotation, because then you can bump everybody down a spot and it feels a little more sturdy when you do that. When Miles Michaelis is more like your number three instead of your number two, given the year he just had, that makes you feel better about things on paper for sure. And going on down the list, Lance Lynn then slotting in as your number four, a guy that if he bounces back to what his numbers were before last year, well, man, that is suddenly you're robust at your number four. And Kyle Gibson, you know what he's going to give you in terms of an innings load, getting deeper into games, giving your bullpen a bit of a breather. That's something that's a rarity for some teams on the fifth day of a rotation. It certainly was for the Cardinals in 2023. Steven Matz, we'll see, you know, if the Cardinals were to make a move, that would be the guy that we project would be the odd man out, whether that means via trade or do a bullpen roll or a swing man roll or something of that nature. We know that a starting pitcher will get hurt in February or March before the Cardinals head to the regular season out West against the Dodgers, beginning out there against Shohei Otani and Yamamoto and, It just sounds like a load of fun. But maybe if you add another starter, when that guy gets hurt, whoever it ends up being in spring training, you bump Steven Matz back into the rotation and you don't have to dip into your unproven prospects or younger pitching talent that early in the season. They're all going to be needed. They're all going to be used throughout the year. But it allows you to have a little bit of a buffer before you have to get desperate. That's what it would mean for the Cardinals to add to the rotation Maybe a Dylan Cease or somebody else in the trade market. We'll see. But I wanted to just take a look at where the bullpen stands as of right now because I think we kind of know with the rotation that we've discussed. Gray, Michaelis, Lynn, Matt, Gibson. I think those are your five if the season were to start tomorrow. 
What does the bullpen look like, though? Because there's a lot less certainty there, and that's why it seems like there's an obvious location for some additions to happen out there in the bullpen. I've said particularly the right side of the bullpen. I think you could use a little bit more help, but also that maybe depends on how they're planning to use the lefties that they have internally. Number of guys that could be utilized as relief pitchers, and if that ends up being the case, maybe leverage relief pitchers. Some guys who had prospect pedigree, but if you sort of wave the white flag on their careers as a starter, or if you just feel they work better in the bullpen in the here and now, maybe they turn into weapons for you in that regard. Matthew Libertor, an example of that. Zach Thompson could be an example of that. So I wanted to kind of dive in and see where things are now and where we think the Cardinals could add. That's what's coming up on B-Shape Daily today. Appreciate you guys for being with me. Hit subscribe on YouTube if you enjoy Cardinals content all year long. Spotify and Apple Podcasts are other podcasting apps where you can listen to the show. So let's go ahead and dive into it. Here's what I have right now in terms of guys that I think are guaranteed for the bullpen, the way things stand. And you can let me know in the comments if you disagree. Because this is, I don't think there is a blueprint out there. I don't think there's a right or a wrong at this point, but we all kind of see it maybe a little bit differently as to how they might use different guys. But I just wanted to go with what I think are the bona fide guarantees, health assumed, who ends up in the bullpen. I think it's guaranteed that Ryan Helsley and Giovanni Gallegos from the right side, if healthy, would be there on opening day. I also think you don't add Ryan Fernandez in the Rule 5 draft from Boston if you don't plan to honor that and keep him on the roster. So I am penciling Ryan Fernandez into the opening day bullpen as well from the right side, simply because if the Cardinals don't use him that way, if they don't have him on the active roster, well, he wouldn't be on the team. He could go back to the Red Sox. Granted, they could work out a financial arrangement that would maybe allow him to stay without being on the active roster. But the way the Rule 5 draft works is if you pick a guy we're just going to assume that he's going to be on that roster. So that's the, that's the way that works. He was selected in the major league portion of the Rule 5 draft back during winter meetings week in Nashville. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Cardinals picking up Ryan Fernandez, who last season had great numbers in double A as a 25-year-old, pitching as a, a player older than the average competition he was facing at the double A level, but didn't pitch there a ton, just 20 innings and 14 appearances, had a 1.77 ERA, 26 strikeouts in those 20 innings, and so they did the natural thing and bumped him up to AAA. He also had a little bit of work in Salem, in A-ball. I believe that was probably a rehab assignment for injury, only a couple of games there. AAA was not as kind to Ryan Fernandez. Had a 6.16 ERA in 30 innings, but the strikeout numbers were still good, 35 Ks in 30 innings. You like to see that number north of 1K per inning, more than nine strikeouts per nine. Had 10.3 Ks per nine, solid rate. It is AAA, so you got to project a, a bit of a, a differential there. Walks allowed at the AAA level, just 10. So not bad as far as a walk rate concerned in AAA. 18 walks on the season in 51 innings. 
So, you know, it, it, that is what that is. Looks like the Cardinals will be looking to Ryan Fernandez to make this team and to hopefully make an impact. So I'm going to put him in there as your third right-hander in terms of, I think these guys are locked for the roster, if healthy. From the left side, I think you've got a couple of guys that I would consider to be locks. And it's maybe not as many as you would expect. But I don't have Libertor or Thompson in there because I think it's going to depend on what their role ends up being out of camp. If those guys are projected into the AAA rotation, well, they're not going to be in the Major League bullpen. It's decision time, I think, for these two gentlemen. In particular, I think Libertor is decision time. I think this is going to be the year that the Cardinals do end up putting Libertor into a bullpen role, and I think he makes the team in that role to begin the year. But the two that I have that I think are guaranteed locked and loaded are Jojo Romero. almost called him JJ. I don't know why. Jojo did some nice work for the Cardinals down the stretch last year, showed that he could handle the ninth inning role. So I think you can count him among those that are going to be trusted with leverage opportunities, whether he's the closer, whether he's in a mix with Ryan Helsley. I think it's nice to have multiple closing options, multiple guys that you know can handle the ninth because of the history of Ryan Helsley and a lack of consistent availability going back-to-back and things of that nature. Jojo Romero is kind of strikes you as the opposite of that. You think he's going to be a gamer and take the ball more times than not. It's not that we're saying Ryan Helsley isn't mentally tough or any of those things. I'm not getting into the narratives on it. But historically, we have seen that Ryan Helsley ends up requiring, for better or worse, more days off and a little bit more of a careful hand in terms of his usage to try and get the most out of him, right? That's the way maybe his body responds best to the relief workload. This past year, it seemed like toward the beginning of the year, he wanted to almost shed that label as a guy who couldn't go as often on back-to-backs and things of that nature. I'd have to go back and look at the numbers to see if he if the rate actually increased much or not. I'm probably not going to spend time on that right now, but if anybody's already done that research... Let me know in the comments below. But I feel like coming off of the ARB hearing the prior offseason, and I remember being back at in Jupiter, Florida last spring, talking to Ryan Helsley about this in a big group media scrum out there on the patio in front of the Cardinals spring training clubhouse. And it was an uncomfortable situation for Helsley because he felt maybe a little bit blindsided by the way that the Cardinals approached that arbitration hearing and really honed in on his lack of availability consistently. Hey, you know, they they talked about it during the season. Need Ryan Helsley to be rested and ready to go for the stretch run, for the playoffs. And as a result of that, we're not going to push him in back-to-backs as often throughout the season. Seemed like a plan that everybody was on board with. And then when you get to the arbitration hearing, Ryan Helsley is, you know, in that room hearing these things about he's he wasn't available, wasn't reliable to take the ball. And you, you maybe feel a little bit duped in those moments. Now, how much were the Cardinals saying the things they said throughout the, that 2022 season just to not throw a guy under the bus during the year? But internally, they really already had those thoughts of, man, we really wish we could use Helsley more back-to-back and, and just have him as the, the bonafide closer that we could we could use when called upon. Maybe that was part of it. But I can recall Ali Marmol. And obviously, the way the 2022 season ended with Helsley kind of flaming out there in the playoff matchup following the little injury that he sustained in Pittsburgh, and it kind of numbed up on him in the the playoff game against the Phillies and the rest is history. But I can remember Ollie Marmel basically talking about part of the reason for 
using him more sparingly and, and making sure he had his rest days was to keep him fresh to use the crap out of him in the playoffs. Like Ollie was pretty adamant about that plan that they were gonna they were gonna ride him, and it just so happens that the fluke injury happened and they were ready to ride him and and you know we, we saw what happened in that playoff game. But if that was part of the plan for the team, it's kind of disappointing, and I could understand how it would be disappointing for Helsley to have that then used against you in a room where they decide how much money you're earning for your job. So whatever the case is there and however the Cardinals feel about what they can expect from Helsley this year, hopefully great things, healthy and ready to go come spring training, we assume. But whatever the case is there, I do think it was valuable to find out that Jojo Romero can also handle the ninth inning. And you can play matchups as a result of that. Like, even if you don't add anybody else to the bullpen mix, which I still think the Cardinals are probable to do, I think they will add in some form or fashion. But even if you don't, you can take a look at where the bullpen stands today and say, all right, in a given game where the Cardinals are in a one-run lead situation entering the eighth inning, let's say, and maybe you've already used Gallegos or it's a one-run game, so he's Gallegos is maybe your third priority in terms of getting into a game and, and leverage Romero and Helsley are maybe your one, two punch. You can look at the lineup upcoming for the opponent in the eighth inning and say, well, that's going to befit the game of Jojo Romero better today, where it's going to be maybe Ryan Helsley will match up better against that part of the order. And that will allow for Romero maybe to take the ninth inning or vice versa. I think you could do that in any form or fashion, and it could benefit the team to have that flexibility. Now, whether they end up doing that or whether the tried-and-true form of handling a bullpen ends up winning out, which has historically been whether you say you're going to have a set closer or not, you end up having one. Like, the proof ends up being in the pudding. But I really do think with two guys that you trust, pitching opposite-handedly, one lefty, one righty, this could be an opportunity for the Cardinals to really take that to heart and say, we don't necessarily care who's the eighth man, who's the ninth man today. We think both these guys are going to get in and try to close it out for us, and you can do it based on matchups, whereas Gallegos would be the guy that I, I would say you would keep him in more like the seventh or eighth. You would prefer to not use him in the ninth, just because historically I don't think it's worked out as well for him, but I don't even know if that's something that Ali Marmo would subscribe to. We'd have to ask him when we get down to Jupiter if maybe that would be, if he would be part of that consideration, and, and you can, as a manager, use all those guys interchangeably, or if you need to, adhere to a little bit of a structure for Gallegos relative to the other guys. So I've got JoJo, though, from the left side. I'm, he's he's more than penciled in. I think he's going to be part of that mix. Helsley, Gallegos, Romero, Fernandez are the four guys that I've got really locked in. And then there's another name. I think John King is, and, and this is maybe not as locked in as the other ones, but I think John King showed enough last year to certainly earn an opportunity to be in this bullpen mix for 2024, not necessarily a, a leverage guy from the left side, but he had a 1.45 ERA in 20 games, 18 two thirds innings pitching for the Cardinals. Granted, just 10 strikeouts. So not a he's he is a guy that I think is replaceable if somebody else comes up and takes it. 29 years old, so not really a prospect. I am looking up here to make sure that John King has an option remaining. And I believe that is the case. Yeah, he does, according to Fangraph's roster resource, have an option year remaining. So the Cardinals could, in theory, option him. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But at 29 years old, I mean, I, I guess he could go down to AAA and just be part of the depth of the organization and bring him back. The upside for John King, I don't think, is elevate into a status where he would be a leverage option for you from the left side. Whereas I do think Libertor Zach Thompson could develop into that based on their prospect pedigree. Uh, again, John King, not really a huge strikeout guy by any means. But in terms of a third lefty in your bullpen, like that's where he would slot in effectively. I don't think you want to get too enamored by the 1.45 ERA in 20 games. Not to say he shouldn't be credited for a nice couple of months that he had for the Cardinals taking the ball and doing what what he was asked to do. But I do think that despite that I have him kind of penciled in, he's more penciled into the mix. Because I could see a scenario where if the Cardinals decide, like let's say somebody takes a leap We'll get into a lot of these names because I've basically listed everybody on the 40-man roster. I'll talk about each of them in, in, at least briefly and how I think they'll mix in for 2024 based on where things stand right now. And then I'll, I'll talk about a handful of non-roster competitors, maybe more than a handful, guys that are in the organization and at least keep their name in mind because they'll come into spring hoping to win a job, whether they have a, a very good chance to do so or not. So I want to talk about all of these guys. But if, say, Drew Rahm, who's somebody that we'll talk about, let's say he just has a a fantastic spring or, I don't know, one of the other guys that you feel like, okay, this guy's in your AAA rotation to begin the year, but he looks good enough that you don't need to allocate Lipitor or Thompson to starter roles in, in Memphis. They don't need to be the guys in waiting because you feel confident enough in the other guys that have, you know, they took their offseason seriously. They stepped up and they would be in a rotation for other MLB teams the way they looked this spring. But in our case, we just we signed a bunch of guys. And so we don't have room. Let's say nobody gets hurt, which is not going to happen. Somebody will get hurt in that projected rotation. But let's just say they feel confident enough in their starting depth behind their main five to allocate both Libertor and Zach Thompson to the major league bullpen instead of serving as depth for their rotation or let's say, in their actual rotation, if there are a bunch of injuries and they really get desperate. If that ends up being the case, I could see John King then relegated to AAA to begin the year and optioned, which wouldn't be comfortable for him, but that's certainly a possibility if you say, okay, Romero is your top lefty out of the bullpen, Libertor and Zach Thompson. Like, that would be the world in which, I think for the Cardinals, that's, like, for their ability to compete in 2024, that might be their best-case scenario. Is Libertor and Thompson looking great but the starters that they have not getting injured or looking good or looking better than expected, including some of the guys like Drew Rahm or Klaffenstein or Sam Robertson, like some of those guys, it's to the extent that you're like, all right, Libertor and Zach Thompson are going to be able to help this team if we give them a chance to do so. So they're in the major league bullpen to begin the year. I think that's a high risk, high reward way to go about it because just because nobody getting hurt in spring training injured from the rotation, that doesn't mean they're not going to in April or May. And so you really have to be sure about your death behind those guys to allocate both of them to a bullpen role, both of Libertor and Zach Thompson. 
But how, I mean, let's just say those guys turned into leverage studs and they match their prospect pedigree. And suddenly, if you had a bullpen with Helsley Gallegos from the right side, let's say you sign one more guy that is proven and you give him a little bit of money. You put Ryan Fernandez in there from the right side as a guy who's going to try to earn every opportunity as a Rule 5 candidate. And then from the left, you go Romero, Libertor, Thompson. And then however you complete that bullpen with one of the names that we're about to talk about, you could see that being a very dynamic bullpen if some guys like Libertor and Thompson take a step forward. Granted, I think for both their careers and their longevity and their hopes to maybe, you know, f- do this thing full, you'd love to still have a crack at being a major league starter and then thrive in that role and because those guys make the most money when it comes down to it. But for the Cardinals in 2024, I wonder if that would be the the most the most efficient route to a dynamic major league staff and bullpen would be th- that to happen. Libertor and Thompson to be allocated as relievers. I almost think if I had to pick one or the other, that Libertor is more likely to be in the major league bullpen than Thompson, because I really think the Cardinals are of the mindset that Thompson could be a major league starter long-term and a good one. It's not that they don't think that Libertor could, but they also probably have that feeling of we've given him multiple opportunities even if they say all the right things publicly, which is like, well, you got to consider Matthew Libertor was pretty young when we got him. He's only 24. It's not like he's, you know, he just turned 24 in November. It's not like he's old and washed up. Like he could absolutely take that step forward this year and become the reliable starter that we hoped he would be when we traded a Rosarena to get him. Like that could be the way the Cardinals are looking at it. At least that's what they're saying. But I also think internally that they've given him a couple of years where he's been that kind of number six, number seven and comes in, gets opportunities with a cup of coffee, and just has not been consistent. And then you saw some good things from him out of the bullpen at the end of the year. And so what if they just quickly connect those dots and say, we don't need to spend any more time on this because if we can get production out of Libertor this year, we don't really care what the role is in. That's that's the route we're going to go. Whereas maybe they'll be a little more willing with Zach Thompson to sort of let that let that play out. Because he came into this past year, even though Zach Thompson's older, by the way, he's 26 years old, just turned 26 at the end of October. But one of those situations where they haven't really given him that full runway to try and be a starter. They threw him into the role in the middle of the 2023 season, but that was after telling him in spring training, you're not going to be. In spring, he was he was a match for the bullpen, and they put him in the bullpen. And it wasn't until a couple months in when he was beginning to struggle and just was not throwing strikes at the major league level it wasn't sustainable to keep him there anyway. I didn't hate when they sent him down, but when they sent him down, it was, hey, to work on be stretching out, becoming a starter was the idea for Zach Thompson. I think of the two, they'd be more inclined to let Thompson have a little more runway as a starter this year than Libertor. I also think Libertor could turn into a really solid lefty reliever. So that's kind of the caveat there of, I think John King will be in this bullpen from the left side, but some things could happen in spring that would change my opinion on that. If both Libertor and Thompson from the left side end up in the bullpen, that would certainly be the avenue toward that happening. In the Major League bullpen, you're probably going to have eight total individuals. And if we have Helsley, Gallegos, Fernandez, Romero locked in, that's four. I'm going to say if I had to pick it today, Libertor will be in that bullpen. That's five. I think John King will be. I think Zach Thompson won't be. And this, again, it's December 27th. We can change our minds on this and and we'll get a lot of instruction from the Cardinals in a couple of weeks when we go to winter warmup and get a chance to talk to all the players and see what they've been told about their expectations and their roles for the upcoming year. See what John Mozeliak has to say that may be different 
from what he has said, you know, a few weeks ago in Nashville because we didn't really know what the team was going to look like. And by January, mid-January, you do have a better idea. I would imagine that if moves are going to be made, they'll be made over the next two and a half weeks or whatever it is before winter warm-up time comes. So we'll have a better idea for what to expect. That'll be an opportunity, too, at winter warm-up with the Cardinals. Internally, they get to meet with the players that they haven't maybe seen the offseason they probably talk to them via phone and, and different ways of keeping a, uh, keeping tabs on their workout programs and the like. But when you get into winter warm-up and everybody is there, that's also an opportunity for the team to get their hands on players and see how guys are looking, how they're feeling, and and kind of uh, approach the, the final runway before spring training with a little more purpose as to what their plan and expectation is going to be. So with that said, all of this could change. We could learn more things in a few weeks. But for now... This is the way I'm I'm projecting it out. So once again, Helsley Gallegos, Ryan Fernandez, the Rule 5 pickup are your righties. Jojo Romero, probably John King, and I'm going to say Matthew Libertor, who I think Libertor will leap John King in the pecking order in terms of leverage. And for now, I'll say Thompson is my projected ace of the Memphis rotation, which means that as it stands, he's probably into that MLB rotation with the first starting pitcher injury that happens in spring. Because I think he'll come in looking good. I think Libertor will come in looking good. I just think they'll decide that maybe the bullpen is where they can get the most out of Libertor. And rather than having to kind of ride the Memphis shuttle back and forth and and not really know what his role is going to be, I think maybe they'll try and approach it that way. So that would leave, in theory, if it comes out that way, two spots for the bullpen on opening day for internal candidates or for somebody that the Cardinals may bring in from the outside, which I still think is going to happen, but we should kind of take a look at like what would happen if they didn't, what would it look like if they didn't make any more moves? So here are some of the names. I'm going to go first through the guys on the 40 man roster and talk about kind of where I expect them to land. And then we'll go with some of the guys that are not on the 40 man, but could make a play for an opportunity based on their performance in spring. Drew Rom is the first name because I, I sorted these by lefties and righties. And really there's only one more lefty on the 40 man that we need to talk about. And that is Rom, who had a chance at the end of last season to show himself at the big league level. It didn't go that great, but I think there's still some raw materials the Cardinals are going to be excited to work with. And I'm sure that now that they've, like, they got their eyeballs on him more than anything. They hadn't seen him. He was in another organization. They trade for him at the deadline. He looks good a couple of times in Memphis after coming over. And so they get a look at him. Average nearly a strikeout per inning in Major League Baseball last year for the Cardinals, 33 innings, 32 Ks. But the ERA was eight in eight starts. Didn't get very deep into his starts to only throw 33 and two-thirds innings in eight appearances. That's um, barely more than four innings per outing. So not good. It was not good from Drew Rom, But again, looked good in AAA. And I think there is some raw material there where he could be a K per inning guy or perhaps better at the big league level. Certainly have got to hone in on on some of the elements that were a struggle for him. Control was not great. 19 walks in the 33 innings. So I think that's a, a, something that's going to hold him back. He can strike guys out live arm, but we'll see. Unrefined, maybe the Cardinals can get some refinement out of him. I don't think he's going to be in the mix for the, the big leagues coming out of camp, uh, barring a bunch of injuries. So I've got him projected in the AAA rotation. Now we talk about some of the right-handed pitchers. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Andre Pallante, at the top of this list for me, I think would be a candidate that, unless the Cardinals decide to go a different direction with it, a guy that I expect to probably be in that bullpen mix, especially if they don't add from the outside between now and the start of the season. Plante was used last year as a guy who was supposed to get you out of jams, right? Sort of the fireman role can get you the ground ball when you need it. There, a utility arm out of your bullpen. I think there's there's value to that role. The numbers weren't great with a 4.76 ERA last year, but he was often used, gets you out of a jam. That's the idea, but allowed a ton of hits, 76 hits in 68 innings. It happened because of just some rotten luck, I think, with where those ground balls were placed, and they happen to find holes more often than not, and that ends up meeting your inherited runner score. You allow more runs, had some some tough command moments. 30 walks in 68 innings is a little more than you want to see. He had 40 in all of 2022 with 108 innings that year, so command was not as sharp. Not really going to be a strikeout guy, but utility and has good splits against left-handed batters. So you can kind of use him as a lefty, a de facto lefty. When you need a ground ball, he's your guy. I think there is value to Palante being in the bullpen because of the utility that he brings. He's in the lab working this offseason to try to improve. He did not like the way that that year went for him. He's a fiery guy. I think that benefits the Cardinals. A lot of you guys might be out on Andre Palante. I am personally not. I'm going to pencil him in as the fourth righty in the bullpen, but also a guy that has the utility to be used as a lefty. He's not going to be a leverage guy, but I think he's going to be a guy that, and when I say leverage, I mean seventh, eighth, ninth. Given the inning, that's his role. If you have a one-run lead, you use him. He's going to be that kind of rescue crew that comes in in the middle innings, and especially with men on base and tries to get you out of jams. If the Cardinals have soured on him, he won't be. But if, if internally they still think that he can be that guy for them, then... I think he'll have the opportunity to do so. I don't know if he'll come into camp as a starter. That's an, another guy that I think will be interesting to hear from him at winter warm-up in a few weeks as to what the team has told him to prepare to do. Last year it was, yeah, the Cardinals say be a starter until we tell you otherwise, and that's what they did for basically everybody except for Zach Thompson, which is interesting because he ended up being in the rotation later on. But nevertheless, I don't think there's any harm in telling Pallante come in and, and be ready for a workload and being able to dial it back from there if necessary. I don't think he'll be in the mix at all as a starter, even if he is told at the beginning to to work out that way but or to prepare that way. But I think that he could be used in that relief role, again, especially if they don't add anybody from the outside. What you know, I, I think there's there are a lot worse ways to allocate that bullpen spot than just running it back with Andre Pallante and hoping that the FIP which was a little bit lower than the ERA last year. Like between 2022 and 2023, his FIP only changed. Oh, it went up by a little more than a half a run. He was 3.98 in the fielding independent pitching. And then last year he was 4.59. So a little more than a half a run, but the ERA went up by a run and a half because instead of being a little bit fortunate on the FIP, he was it completely went the other way and he was unlucky on the FIP. And it just seemed like every time the Cardinals would bring him in for a key ground ball, he'd get the ground ball and it wouldn't get caught. It would be between the the fielders. It would be in a hole, and frustration would mount, or he would give up a very untimely home run. 
but he didn't give up more home runs really this past year than he did in 2023. Home run rate was identical, 0.8 per nine innings pitched. So I think there is some room for Palante to to come out motivated after the way last year went for him. And I understand that you don't want to have too many guys in your on your pitching staff that are pitched to contact. We know that Michaelis is that way. Some years it's worked for him. This past year it didn't. We know that Kyle Gibson is kind of that way as well. And Palante would be an example of that from the bullpen. But I think if he is in his role and not asked to fill a role that maybe doesn't suit his game as well, and that's why bullpen depth is important so that everybody can slot in appropriately and nobody is being miscast. I think there was a lot of miscasting out of desperation last year that happened as well because they didn't have the depth for the for the relief pitching. But I think Palante can be effective in his role so I'm going to pencil him in for right now, and then that would leave, in theory, one spot if everything goes to the way that I have it breaking down. And we've got a whole slew of names that we haven't gotten to. So let's run through some of them now. Riley O'Brien, you may have seen some Instagram or some Twitter video of Riley O'Brien working out at one of the, the drive lines or wherever he was at, one of the pitching labs, throwing an easy 99 miles per hour, I think is what the caption of it said, one of the easiest 99s stress-free 99. All right, you like that. He had some good numbers with Tacoma last year, a 2.29 ERA in the AAA affiliate for the Seattle Mariners. He pitched one scoreless big league inning, but mostly was down in the minors. 55 innings pitched, 86 strikeouts in AAA last year. And the Cardinals prioritized picking him up early in the offseason, adding him to the 40-man roster. I think it was technically via trade for cash, if I can remember the way that he was acquired, I think is, is what happened there. Yeah, that was a trade that they basically, cash considerations, picked him up. He's a guy that absolutely could be in the mix, and that's how someone like Palante maybe gets bumped. If Riley O'Brien, who's, if again, if he's throwing 99, you have to have it in the back of your mind. Maybe leverage is a, a possibility for him down the road. He's a guy to watch for sure. 28 years old, great numbers in the minors, give him an opportunity in the majors, does it translate? Like, that's what we're about to find out with Riley O'Brien. He's another righty to consider. Guillermo Zuniga was a guy that last year, I think coming into the year, the Cardinals were hopeful that he would be in the mix and got a couple of opportunities, not a ton. They would option him back to Memphis after he'd pitch a time or two. And then some injuries that he battled didn't go his way, but he's back in the organization. I believe he's still on the 40 man, according to what they've got here. And so another guy from the right side that will be mixing in. And I really think the best allocation of a bullpen would be five righties, three lefties. And so if your lefties are Romero, King, or Libertor, or if it's Romero, Libertor, Thompson, then you do have room for another righty. And it's it's a good thing that most of the righties, most of the guys I should say that we're talking about on the 40-man right now, competing for a spot or guys that have an undefined role, most of them are right-handed pitching. So that would, would stand to reason that even if you don't make another move, there is still room to maybe find a little bit of upside. I think Riley O'Brien and then running it back with Guillermo Zuniga might be two of your best shots at it, but we'll see how those guys look, and if they can be healthy in spring. Taking a look further down this list, Nick Robertson is another guy that is going to be in the mix. Robertson was, of course, brought over in the Tyler O'Neill trade with Boston. I think he's going to have every opportunity to find his way into that mix. Like, put him in the same bucket as Ryan Fernandez, I would say, but the problem is for Robertson is that Fernandez was a Rule 5 pickup, so he's going to have that inherent edge where the Cardinals, if they're if they want to keep him, if they want to retain him, they have to know that, you know, they have to have him on the major league roster. Whereas with Nick Robertson, they don't, even if he has a good spring. So that would be the downside for Robertson's possibilities. 
Last year had a six ERA in a little bit of major league opportunity, a total of 18 games between Boston and the Dodgers, 22 innings, 26 strikeouts. So decent live arm and the ability to miss bats had some opportunities in the minors as well with Boston. Not good numbers there. Five and a half ERA or I'm sorry, four and a half ERA in triple a with Boston, but in triple a with the Dodgers two and a half ERA in 28 innings, 42 strikeouts. So total last year, triple a between the two teams he pitched for 42 innings, 58 Ks live arm situation. Nick Robertson, they're going to get their eyes on him heading into spring. And he's another righty that has an opportunity to fill that last spot. Again, if they don't make an ad, which I think they should, I think they should add a right-handed reliever with some potential for leverage in a guy that is he proven. Maybe you add uh Wusuk go from over in Korea. That would be, you know, you say proven. I don't know that he's obviously proven in major league baseball, but if you feel like you could get a, a diamond in the rough there, maybe that's a direction that you could go. I don't believe he is signed yet. So that would be certainly somebody that would be a possibility. But otherwise, I think you're looking at these names that we're talking about. If the Cardinals don't add a proven right-hander, O'Brien, Zuniga, Nick Robertson certainly would be the, the top three candidates to me because they're on the 40-man roster already, and you could see the argument with any of them based on strikeout rate and stuff to conceivably elevate beyond just being the last guy in that bullpen. Don't really have anybody listed that you would figure to be the long relief specialist. I don't think you need one. Not with the way that they've built the rotation. It's That's a wasted spot. That's a guy that, you know, mop up duty. You could have Pulante do that if you, if you had a day where you needed somebody to do it. You could have any of these guys go multiple innings and get you through the rest of the season. But the idea with the way the Cardinals built their rotation, getting guys like Lynn and Gibson and even Sonny Gray to be a guy that hopefully eats innings at the top of your rotation and, and gives you quality innings at the same time. But the idea was you're going to let the starters go a little deeper. I think that has to be the plan. Otherwise, you're not getting the benefit that Gibson and Lynn are supposed to be able to provide you. It could be a little bit ugly, but if they give up four runs in the first three innings, the goal is going to be to get them through six anyway. And then if it really falls off the rails, then it will. But you cross that bridge when you get to it. The way the Cardinals are built is, I, I think, to not need that token long relief specialist that there's nothing really special about him. Think Jake Woodford of, of years past. That's why he's not in the organization. You don't need that. That's not a role that's valuable to the team. That's the way that they've built the rotation. It's valuable if your starters are only going three or four innings. And that's what they had last year. This year, again, this is exactly why they have done what they've done with the guys they brought in for the rotation. So for me, I'm putting Palante in there as a specialist. And then you're looking for a live arm for that fifth right-handed relief spot, assuming three lefties to make your eight-man bullpen. Riley O'Brien is probably the leading candidate to me, but Guillermo Zuniga, Nick Robertson, with an opportunity to get in the mix. Other names, as we'll run through before we wrap up here on B-Shave Daily, James Nail, still technically on the 40-man roster. I don't expect him to stay there. I think he'll be the first guy outright at off the 40-man when the Cardinals make another addition this offseason because I believe the 40-man is a full 40 right now. James Nail, they've done it before. I think his, he's a February birthday, and they took him off the roster like the day before spring training report last year, which was on his birthday and not cool at all, but that's what they did. And I feel like that's probably the same thing you do this time. 
because I, he went unclaimed last year, and I think probably the same thing happens this year. Um, we like James Nail, but I think from a roster perspective, that's what might make the most sense. Uh, Klothensteinstein, Adam Klothensteinstein, which is actually Steen, but we say Steenstein. And then Sam Roberts, uh, two right-handers that will be in spring training, going to be interested to get a look at them. Guys that came over in the trade deadline moves the Cardinals made. I think both of them came from Toronto in the Jordan Hicks trade. So you'll you'll see them, and if they get on the radar, great. If they don't, they probably end up in the AAA rotation, or maybe at the end of spring, if they really struggle, they they, they lose out on that opportunity as well. But I, you can think positively on those players, and maybe it goes well for them. I don't think that either of them is in the mix for the bullpen, but anything is possible, I suppose, especially if you end up maybe having more AAA pitching depth at the rotation than you thought you would, and somebody looks good. It can kind of go the way that a Jordan Hicks went when he initially made the team. He looked great as a starter in spring, and they said, we got to put him on the team. His stuff is just looking too good, but he came into a bullpen role that way. But I would say both Kloffenstein and Robertson would be projected for the Memphis rotation to begin the year. That's your 40-man roster. So again, I'll recap, and then I'll talk about some non-roster guys before we get out of here. Your rotation looks like Gray, Michaelis, Lynn, Mats, Gibson. Pick your order there. Don't care what the order is. Those are the five. Right-handers in the bullpen. Helsey Gallegos are locked in. Ryan Fernandez, by virtue of his Rule 5 status, I think is locked in. Palante, I'll put in there. And I'm going to say Riley O'Brien, as of right now, is your last man in. I think he gets in. Zuniga, Robertson, certainly guys that make the most sense to compete for those spots as of the moment. From the left side, I think three of the four are in. Romero, John King, Libertor, Zach Thompson. I think between Libertor, Thompson, one will be in the bullpen, one will be the next man up for the rotation. If I had to guess it right now, I'd say Libertor, bullpen, Thompson, Memphis rotation, or big league rotation if somebody gets hurt in spring. And then John King is kind of floating around there. Could lose his role if both Libertor and Thompson figure into the bullpen mix to begin the year, which is possible, but maybe not what I would expect to happen. But certainly it wouldn't surprise me that much because I think your bullpen would be very dynamic with Romero, Libertor, and Thompson from the left side if they all take that step forward. And then from the right side, Hillsley, Gallegos, Fernandez, O'Brien, and Palante is sort of that utility role. We've talked about get your ground ball, Good splits against lefties, but, you know, you could also have him face a righty. Could also be the long man as well. So definitely a utility role for Palante. That's how I see the Cardinals stacking up as of right now. Some other names to note. Guys that are not on the active 40-man roster, but could potentially mix in. Michael McGreevy, Gordon Graceffo. Should be big spring trainings for both of those guys. Likely to be in the AAA rotation to begin the year. But again, they have every opportunity to prove themselves and I hope the Cardinals give them a longer leash and get a longer look at them against some big league caliber hitters. Give them some starts if if it's possible to do so and, and give them some real Grapefruit League opportunities to kind of gauge where they are in their progress. Because I think it makes sense for the Cardinals to add the pitchers they added so they don't have to rely too much on that internal depth out of the gate, but you also eventually want to be able to rely upon some of these guys taking a step forward for 2025 and beyond because he signed Lynn and Gibson to one-year contracts. Yes, you have options on those deals, but it'd be nice eventually to say, yeah, Gordon Graceffo is in your rotation because he showed he can be, and you don't have to continue to rely on on veteran retreads working out. You can rely on some of those guys that you developed. That would be the idea, right? Other right-handers. 
could be in the, the, the line for bullpen mix opportunities. Wilking Rodriguez is back on a non-roster status. Victor Santos, uh, he came over in the O'Neill trade as well. Didn't pitch in affiliated baseball in 2023 with an injury, but Victor Santos is going to, probably Santos, right, is going to have an opportunity to, to kind of uh, leap onto the radar for the organization. Wilking and Victor Santos, two guys to to watch that I think could potentially, like you don't bring them in if you don't want to give them a look. Ryan Laudos and Kyle Leahy, not as much in that category to me. They're not really on the radar, but they will be at spring training, presumably, if they're still in the organization. The next layer of guys to talk about, Tink Hentz and Takoa Roby, very much could be a spring of importance for those two to potentially leap further onto the radars, right? Like they're in that Springfield double-A category, but what if they just take the bull by the horns and you can't ignore them anymore? Or rather, you can't keep placing them mentally into that category of high upside, love them for the future, but that's still a couple of years off. Like maybe they assert themselves as younger prospects and say, no, we're not a couple of years off. Like start paying attention to us now and factoring into how you're going to get us to the big leagues. That's the opportunity that both Tink Hens and Takoa Roby have this spring. Two more right-handers for that mix. I'll mention the name Matt Svonson because he came over in, I believe that was the Paul DeYoung trade with the Toronto Blue Jays, if I'm not mistaken. And he's a 24-year-old who had good numbers, but had only pitched in high A. A 1.23 ERA, good numbers in high A, good strikeout to, uh, to innings ratio, but was pitching at age 24 in high A. So the Cardinals vaulted him up to Springfield, where he held his own 25 Ks in 21 innings. Um, 24 years old. Now he's going to be 25, obviously, for the upcoming season. Turns 25 in January. So not really like super prospect age. But like if he gets on the Grapefruit League stage and pitches well, that will be a guy that the Cardinals will make a note of. And then two lefties that are non-roster guys, but I expect to be around. Packy Naughton, we'll see what his situation ends up being. Cardinals really liked him, but then he had the surgery. And so not on the active roster, but uh, was not claimed. So he's still in the organization. Same for Connor Thomas, who was in the Arizona Fall League in 2022, was supposed to have a big leap this past year. It did not materialize. But those two guys presumably will be in spring. Uh, from the left side, a little lower in the pecking order, like it would look like Romero, Libertor, Thompson, King, maybe even Drew Rom ahead of those two for opportunities. But Naughton and Connor, uh, Connor Thomas could potentially mix into the bullpen. So that's kind of the way I look at it organizationally. Did I leave any names out? I know there are some prospect gurus out there who are going to say, hey, what about this guy? Let me know in the YouTube comment section if there's anybody that I left out that you think could make a mark in 2024. And also let me know what you think about the projections that we've got here, the rough estimates for where the bullpen could look like in 2024, barring an addition. And do you think this is enough? Or should the Cardinals be actively looking to make an addition to that rotation or to that bullpen? Let me know all your thoughts, Cardinals fans, in the YouTube comment section below. Appreciate you guys, as always, for listening. That'll do it for this edition of B-Shape Daily. We'll talk to you next time on the show. Peace.